Time for what's going on on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon's vacation continues on. He'll be back coming up next Monday. What's going on today? Brought to you by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, uh, needs call SNS Roofing uh, today. It's time for what's going on. We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Let's start out with DJ and PK, which was it just, uh, I believe it was just David James again this morning. Uh, they talked to Ron Barker, who's a former NCAA enforcement and uh, a for, and BYU assistant coach. Is that correct? How about that? All right. They talked to uh, Ron about what's going on uh, in college sports. Okay, so we're joined right now by uh, former BYU assistant basketball coach Ron Barker, coached uh, under Roger Reed, late 80s, early 90s, and then head of compliance for Pac-12, was there for a couple decades. And you know, because of your time at the NCAA, some of the stuff they have nationally. So PK and I have been doing the radio show since 2002. And before that, we moved to the market in 92, 93. So we've heard a lot of stuff. And... Stuff that we believe is true, but we can't prove because one angry person leaks it, but you don't have it confirmed by somebody else, and you know there's an agenda, so you got to be super careful. But there's been enough stuff out there, both locally, regionally, and nationally, that we kind of get a feel for what's going on, even if we can't prove any individual specific case. You're writing these books. Are you ever going to write a book about a star athlete who everyone knows, who not only got paid to go to school, but was able to charge as much as 25000 for a home visit because it helped the other schools recruit to say they were in on this star player and a home visit held them recruit other star players who wanted to play with said player. So I'm, everything I'm going to write is going to be fictional based mm-hmm. on real cases. Right. So I'm never going to point the finger and say, hey, who's doing this and, and this is what's happening. Right. That's not my goal. I don't want to do that. I've 20 years lived that. I am writing real cases. This is a real case. I believe this is a real case. I believe that really happened. I, I, when I was at the NCAA, I investigated a case that you can go and read about where the high school coach of the, the player's mom was illiterate and had no dad in the picture. So the high school coach is the one shopping the player around. He charged $5,000 for every visit to a school, and multiple schools took it. And then when he finally sold the guy, sold his own player to a school and took, I think it was $25,000 and got a Florida Explorer, the assistant high school coach blew the whistle. And I'm sitting in Memphis, Tennessee at midnight talking to this assistant coach, sitting there going, wait, what you're telling me is so incredulous. How can you're telling us? How can you're coming forward? And he said, I was supposed to get a car, too, and I didn't get one. And that's why he came forward with it. The high school coach eventually got brought up on charges and served jail time. And I believe it was an old statute on the book about slavery and selling a human being. And that's what they got him on. So stuff like that goes on. And that, and that involves some pretty big schools. The school, you know, there's four or five people at the NCAA working on it. And my particular point of it was one school that was paying for the, coach, for the high school coach to bring the kid on a visit. And we're able to do that. You know, just to give you examples of things, my very last case at the NCAA that I was involved with was Rick Majerus. And I told Utah when I came, I said, look, I used to work at BYU. I want to be fair. I want to be on the up and up. And I have no axe to grind. I like Rick Majerus. I thought he was a great coach. And the NCAA couldn't get over it. Well, he's living in a hotel. And I said, yeah, he lives in the hotel. So when he takes a kid on a, a 
dinner. You know, you can take an occasional meal back at the time, and he took the player to dinner at the hotel. That's his home. And the NCAA said, no, that's not permissible. And so they went after him for a whole bunch of stuff, for having pizza at practice and just dumb stuff. And I kept sitting there going, you mean there's all this stuff going on, and we're going after a coach for taking the kid to dinner where he lives at the hotel? And that was the kind of stuff that drove me crazy at the NCAA when there's big, big stuff going on. But the NCAA has got their hands tied. They you know, have no subpoena powers. They can't touch, get people to force them to talk to them. They can't lie about what they're doing. You know, it's, it's a, almost a miracle they catch anything at all. Now that name, image, and likeness money is legal, for lack of a better term, can the money essentially be laundered? Money that was being paid to get kids to certain schools and all that, can they now just find a booster, a business to take care of a kid? And so is a lot of what was illegal going to be legal? Well, when they were talking name, image, and likeness, and I was in on the conversations, I would be the only one in the room with the experience of doing enforcement. And I would sit there going, wait a second. So what you're telling me now is if I'm a booster at a big school and have unlimited money, I can tell a high school kid, hey, I'm going to do a T-shirt business for you. You're going to make so much per T-shirts, and we're going to guarantee you're going to sell 100,000 T-shirts. And everyone would go, no, no, you can't do it as part of incentive and recruiting. I'm like, how are you going to catch that? So you basically, to catch a booster could actually do that and, and have agreement with the kid in advance that you're going to give you this amount of money as long as nobody can prove that he had that agreement as a recruiting tool. So, yes, that's going to happen. I, I think it's naive to think it's not going to happen. So are we going to get to the point then that the only schools that get busted are the ones where law enforcement gets involved for one reason or another, and those cases will probably be few and far between? Or you're going to, that's one possibility. You're also going to have cases, which I've had before, where a family feels like what's going on is terrible, so they tape record coaches or play or boosters telling them things in advance. So if you can get some kind of proof of that, then, then you're able to get that. The case I worked on that I wrote the book on, The Reluctant Players, is it, one of the reasons that we've had tough, a tough time getting is how do you prove that a school is going to hire a coach if he brings players with him? You know, that's almost impossible to prove that in this particular case, there was an ex-wife with an axe to grind who had all of the proof and mailed it to me anonymously, and I got everything shown with the cheating on the test, showing who helped and how they did it, and that's the only way you catch this kind of stuff. Do you think that, I, used to, oh, go ahead. I used to talk to coaches and say, they'd complain about something. I'd say, how can I prove that? And they'd say, well, I'm not going to talk on the record. And I said, well, if I don't get you on the record, then how do I prove it? And they'd say, well, I'll give you advance notice and we'll film it for you and we'll send it to you. You know, and, and so that, you know, it takes a coach getting really mad because one of the big problems is coaches don't turn each other in, but then they complain about all the cheating that goes on. And so it's hard to do that. But, yeah, it's going to take either law enforcement or it's going to take somebody that has enough of an axe to grind that they're going to go and tape it themselves or film it themselves. Ron Barker, former head of compliance for the Pac-12 and a BYU assistant basketball coach from 1989 to 91, joining us. So in the past, there have been cases where boosters want to hang out with star athletes and take them on trips and vacations, and the NCAA would go after people for that kind of stuff. But under name, image, and likeness, is that all going to be okay now? If you have money and you want to buddy up uh, to some star athlete, is that okay? No, you have to. there has to be some kind of uh, service rendered. That they can't just have, you know, you, could, you can get really creative and find ways to do what you want to do, but there has to be, you can't just say, I want to be a buddy and take this person to wherever, Vegas or wherever. You have to say, we're going to go there and we're going to have an autograph signing show or something of that nature where this athlete is actually doing something. So but 
it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold. Right now, I think everybody's really the alarmist, and there's not going to be that many kids who profit a lot off of it. But every kid that is from a small town can go back and do a summer camp at that town and make a little bit of money. And when, when I started in college athletics, my attitude used to be, Athletes shouldn't get paid. They're getting college scholarships. I work my butt off to get the same thing they're getting, and they get tutors, and they get, you know, it's, it's really a good deal for the athlete, and they, and they get a degree that is worth how much money the rest of their life. I've completely changed. I'm 180 degrees different because you have coaches making five, six, seven million dollars, commissioners making five million dollars. So why shouldn't the student athletes get their share? I, I've changed in, in that regard over the last 20 years. That is Ron Barker uh, giving a NCAA enforcement perspective, which uh, I find uh, interesting there with David James this morning on DJ and PK. I mean, he's right about that with the, the non-subpoena power and all that stuff that nobody actually has to talk to the NCAA. It's amazing to bust anybody, which is why it was always the media that did all the work for the NCAA and created really this illusion of compliance, which never really existed, which is something that I know you complain about Austin, um, that it was all happening anyway and all this and that, which is, which is true. But I mean, I argue the other way. I think the teeth need to be worse. I think like, you know, if you're committing wire fraud, you should be prosecuted for wire fraud. The NCAA doesn't have anything to do with that. But then, you know, the FBI investigation pretty much turned out to be toothless. Exactly. I was just about to say, you know, so. this this big, big, nasty FBI college basketball shoe investigation, no one's really serving any hard time at all in that. No. There's a lot of probation going on. There's a lot of plea and abeyance. Maybe there was a house arrest, if I remember correctly. But no one's really going away. There's no. There's so no, why wouldn't you right. cheat? I mean, even if you get caught, you still pocket your salary and you come away with a show cause penalty if you're a coach, which really does you little to no harm. Rick Patino still has a gig. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. It, it is certainly a flawed system, but yeah. Just embrace the embrace the corruption. Just love it. I'm fine with just being, yep, this is how we do business. Yeah, it's one step away from the organized crime, but this is what we do. Sometimes zero steps away from organized crime. <laughs> the money laundering right. question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I did you see that? Uh, well, I don't know if this is the time to bring up this story, and I don't have it in front of me. But did you see that that Julio Jones and Roddy White might be in some trouble? No, because they invested in a legal pot company, but then it then basically used the facilities where they're supposed to legally grow pot to sell pot out the back door illegally. Illegally. Why? I don't know. And I don't know how personally involved that they were, they were or were not. So, you know, don't sue me. Perhaps but was that was someone uh, using their money. That yeah. was a story that was out there uh, a little oh, bit ago. No. Why? If you're going to sell pot legally, do it legally. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why but, do you then have to? Oh, whatever. Well, you know, because then you don't uh, you don't have to pay Uncle Sam. That is the that is a incentive. But right. then here's the difference between that and this. Uh, between this and that, I should say, you will go to hard time prison for doing such things right. in that regard. Not for cheating the NCAA and the players and the shoes and all that, but... True, true. You just you just get a little uh, slap on the wrist for that one. Stay tuned. We'll have the second part of what's going on coming up next. Uh, Hans and Scotty give their thoughts on the, the Jazz and the NBA draft, so we will get to that straight ahead. Andy Larson on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour from the Salt Lake Tribune. 
And uh, Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And, and I think he did get a 10-minute nap in. I'm working the phones on that. Are you? Yeah. Are you checking in? Doesn't, the, you know, Justin Zanuck has a fine name, but doesn't it feel like it, it feels like it would rattle off the tongue better with a middle initial? What do you think Justin is, P. Zanuck. Yeah, what do you think his middle initial is? Oh, we should ask. That should be the first question today. Justin W. Zanuck. I hope it's something like Nikolai or something cool. Yeah. Nikolai? Okay. A little kind of. What, Eastern European there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have the second part of what's going Milosh. on. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time now to talk college sports with Ron Barker, former head of compliance for Pac-12, was there for a couple decades. No, I think the big thing with the Oregon case at the time with Willie Lyles was everybody was doing that, what Oregon was doing. Oregon got caught. I used to laugh and say at the Pac-12, some of our schools are doing what everybody's doing, we're just not as good at it. Oregon got caught doing something that probably 70% of the schools were doing at the time. It was just another case of, okay, you need to get better at how you do this, which I shouldn't say that. It's like speeding on the freeway. Hardly anybody's going six and if a policeman pulls you over and you're going 75, you can't say, well, look, everybody's doing it. You're the one who got caught. So that's what happens a lot in college sports is somebody gets caught for doing something that everybody's doing. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Will this heart of mine it's been hardened like a stone It might take some time To get back to what is gone But I'm moving on And you don't hold my dreams Like you did before Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Olympic update right there brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. If you're working from home or have a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks, call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Austin and I were just talking about method actors during the break. Who else was a method actor? Talked about Heath Ledger and what's his, Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I've heard that about Leo DiCaprio. Is he a method guy? I've I've heard that. I don't know how true it is. But. I find that concept bizarre. Um, let's uh, let's continue on with what's going on. We heard from uh, DJ and PK in the last segment. Let's uh, hear from Hanson Scotty in this one. Of course, the NBA draft last night. Uh, here's uh, those two and their thoughts on the NBA draft and the Jazz. Number one, if you just watch, if you go and watch highlights of this guy, you're going to instantly see a few things. He, he looks a little undersized. He's, he, I think they list him at six foot three, but he looks a little undersized. But he looks bulky. He looks thick. He looks like he's a sturdy body. The other thing that's real, it's quickly apparent when you're watching highlights, you can see that he has care factor on both sides of the ball. He's not all about just the scoring. He's not all about getting to the rim. He's not all about that. He's, he's all about the defensive side as well. And he will work defensively as much as he works offensively. But I came out, you know, just watching the highlights and trying to pick up on some things and reading the backstory of this guy. And I know that what he's dealing with, and and I'll kind of let you talk about that too, but I know what he's dealing with. But if this guy can maintain health 
this guy could be a player in the NBA for a while. I agree wholeheartedly on this. And this was a guy that the Jazz had targeted, that they wanted, that they hoped would fall to 30. He did fall to 30. In fact, the Jazz were assuming, and I think in, in talking to a couple of people, that it seemed as if that they had him targeted as a late teen, a big guy that would go in the late teens. The health issues that we'll talk about here in a second uh, scared off some teams. When he fell to 30, the Jazz really felt like, and this is why you have a lot of guys in your room, in your draft room, that have a lot of connections that are calling around the league, and they really got the vibe that he'd fall further in the draft. And so credit Justin Zanuck to be able to say, I can still get the guy I want at 40, pick up a couple second-round picks, trade back, and get myself in a situation where I can add assets and get the guy that I really wanted. And to be able to do that is super impressive. It paid off for him, and they were able to knock it out of the park. Now, look, I don't know how great he's going to be. Look, you've got a Final Four most valuable player. You've got a first-team All-American. You've got an NCAA tournament champion on your hands, a leader on that team. Um, And I understand a lot of that sometimes doesn't translate to the next level, but... He's a little bit older. He's certainly more mature. Uh, by all accounts, a really, really good kid. I think the Jazz may have knocked this one out of the park, honestly. Well, he was held out of a lot of on-court activities, and he had missed a lot of different uh, opportunities because of a heart ailment that he was dealing with. And the NBA was running through all kinds of protocols to get clearance by a fitness-to-play panel. And the clearance finally came on July 17th. Yeah, 12 days ago. 12 days ago, he finally got that clearance, and things really started to change for him. And if you read his social media posts, he talked about the clearance, and he talked about that moment and getting back to work. But, Scotty, this is something that he was dealing with while he was at Baylor. This is something he dealt with through his college playing days, and this is something that he's been dealing with for a long period of time. It's not something new and something that, you know, just kind of caught everybody off guard. It's something he's been dealing with. So um, I'm not as worried about this condition maybe as people were in the draft because I feel like you've got, you've got some experience having to work through it and what to expect working through it from this guy. Uh, this is a guy that um, – Shot good percentage, really solid percentage from the field. He was over 40% from three in his time at Butler. Ended up at 41.6% from three. And was all Big 12 first team. He was all Big 12, all defensive first team. And I just think that he's an engine. He's an on-court engine that gives you everything he can on both sides. Like you mentioned, I think it's a really good pick. Really good pick. Um, again, good value uh, for what they've got. Do Now, with that said, do I think this guy is going to be a heavy rotational player next year? Probably not. But you didn't have to give him a guaranteed contract. It's going to help you out financially in a big way. You still got a player that you have a lot of confidence in. So this was a uh, this was a win-win for the Jazz. A player who they felt like all along was a first round, a mid-first round pick. You got him at number 40. You can give him a very team-friendly contract 
it just makes too much. I mean, it just it, it couldn't have worked out much better for the Jazz, considering where they were at and what they had available to them. Uh, because, look, I think if the Jazz had some assets, they may have tried to move up in the draft to get him. But it wasn't worth what they had to give up or what they potentially would have had to give up. And so getting him at 40, man, a steal. Probably worked out good for the Jazz. Just stepping back and taking a look at the big picture of what's happened with Derek Favors. And for those of you that haven't heard, Oklahoma City added another first-round pick. Oklahoma City, I don't know how many they've gathered now, but they've got a stockpile of first-round picks. The Utah Jazz agreed to send a future number one and Derek Favors to Oklahoma City for a future second-round pick. And what that did, that gets Utah to $13 million below the luxury tax. And when you look at that, what they just did with Derek Favors, what they did in that trade, what they did in the draft, Scotty, even though you move from Derek Favors, it makes me feel like this is more moving towards trying to run back what we saw last year. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of feel like it's more setting up to maybe run back, even even without Derek Favors, but working towards Mike Conley and run back what you saw last year? Agreed. Yep. And I think this was a sign that – now, I know that there can't be a lot of conversations, but I think that you can't get a vibe on as to whether or not Mike Conley's coming back. This is a sign that, that Mike Conley's coming back, in my opinion. That's that's what I took from yep. this. And, uh, and, and remember, this is going to save the Jazz, you know – and more importantly, Ryan Smith, because he's the one writing the checks, you know, over the grand, you know, you took it, you take a look at the luxury tax penalties that are going to be attached. This saves Ryan Smith about $50 million, 40 to $50 million. So there's, um, there's an issue here where you've got to look at uh, the jazz being in a situation financially where, you know, we have somebody tweeting in, Hey guys, I feel like somebody gave away too much with this favors trade. Uh, you saved money. You saved a lot of money, and uh, it, it's worth it. $50 million, 40 to $50 million, when you look at luxury tax penalties and salaries, you had to do it. You really had to do it. There's really no other way of getting around it. And Derek Favors loved the guy, absolutely loved him, but this was a business decision, make no mistake, but it was a smart business decision. I understand as fans, there are certain players that you get attached to. And when you get attached to those players, you want to back them and be their voice. Because as a player, you don't really come forward and say, man, this is a this is a mistake or um, this was a blind side or you, you, as a player, you don't do that. It's just not the way you conduct yeah. your business, because as a player, you know what this is. It is a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. And all you are is an asset inside that business. As a professional player, as a former professional player, I knew exactly where I stood. I knew what I meant. I knew how, what the game was all about. I, and I'm not talking about the game of football. I'm talking about the game of professional sports. Because when you get there, the veterans tell you, just know who you are, know what this is, understand that it could be done at any moment. This is just the business side yeah. of it. So Derek Favors isn't crying in his Cheerios right now, wondering why the Utah Jazz did this to him for a second time yeah. and, and why his name and his value is what it is. He he knows exactly what this is. It's a business. Yeah. As a fan base, I get it. You want to defend the guy and you want to stand up for him and be like, I can't believe the Jazz did this to Favors again and Favors deserves more than this and Favors. No, he really doesn't because this is a business. 
He gets it. I get it. Anybody that's been inside of it, that's played for a professional organization or that has worked for a professional organization, understands that unless you're Kobe Bryant on the farewell tour, it's never about relationships. It's all about production and business. And that's at the, it. And at the end of the day, he still has $20 million guaranteed coming his way. Yep, that is the long and short of it. Uh, Derek Favor is still going to be well taken care of, and this is, of course, the business they've chosen. But nonetheless, he certainly is a fan favorite. Uh, we'll ask Andy Larson about the math that uh, comes along with the luxury tax and those sorts of things because I know he's uh, done some reporting on it. But, you know, if by moving Derek Favors, you save $40 million bucks, and it costs you a first-round draft pick in the future, which you hope is not that good because you hope to be good, it it makes some sense. I mean, how much are our first round picks going for? You know, cash out basis, nowhere near forty million bucks, right? Right. Yeah. So even if you were to buy back into the back back part of the first round in future drafts, you're still going to save money. So, in a weird way, you're not exactly losing a first round pick. You are, but it's worth forty million bucks. And if Scotty is right, and this is a sign that that's they're bringing Mike Conley a really nice offer sheet to try and get him back. They're choosing future draft pick unknown. They're choosing the known commodity now in Mike Conley over that unknown. In and how, how much of a Boy Scout do you think Mike Conley is? Because you might want to know his intention before you move money around. Well, he just uh, did a, a big old deal with doTERRA, I saw. Did he? So you, you didn't see that? And Donovan commented on it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. And said, oh, it's confirmed. Conley back to Utah. So... You know, you'd probably like to know that. Even if you're just, you know, out on the golf course or something. and you're kind of, oh, Can I plan on you for dinner <laughs> next uh, uh, November? We're, we're, we're planning out a ways. We're and, going uh, to Hawaii. Can you house sit for us uh, uh, in, in the late, mid to late uh, September? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just something like that, you know, you're just, just. Just testing which way the wind's blowing because we have Can a chance Can your kids to come to my kid's birthday party? Uh, move some money around. <laughs> I would guess they would know at least. I don't know if Mike's made up his mind. Of course, that's a big deal, and, and we're making some jokes, but it's the first time he's been a free agent in his career, and I like most NBA players when they become free agents. I'm, I'm sure he's looking forward to being uh, pitched, right? By, by other franchises, but uh, I would guess that the Jazz are pretty confident in their ability to uh, convince Mike to stay if they're making the preparations to do so. As we discovered with the Gordon Hayward situation, you really never know. But, yeah, I'm with Scotty. If he's, if he's saying it's a good sign, I'm there. I'm with him. If they're finding the money to then offer it to him, then that and then they have the other, th- the other things to fall back on, that he likes Quinn Snyder, he likes the system, he likes Utah, he thinks he can win a championship here. Donovan Mitchell really likes having him. Then they're falling back on that stuff, and that then you have to just leave it up to Mike. So by moving this money, they're at least making it possible. They're going to have uh, organized pitches like with Hayward, where you get day one and you get day two and you get day three. Not sure Mike Conley's that high maintenance. Not that narcissistic. Yeah, uh huh. Has to make that big a deal out of it. Fly out to my personal gym in Ohio. Spend four days here, each of you. No, I don't think he'll make them do that. Yeah, but I guess I could see that. Sure. I mean, you come to me. You're trying to recruit me. I get all that. But why did we know every like everything with Gordon Hayward? Why did we know like every bit of information? Why was that a thing? That's not a thing with everybody. 
there was a thing with LeBron the first time he left Cleveland. But remember, the last time LeBron left Cleveland, it, it was he had already decided he was going to L.A. He wasn't going to make fanfare. It was just a thing he announced it himself, you know. So it's not like every time we know exactly which meeting these uh, these players are taking when. But with Gordon, we we had like GPS tracker on everybody attending at all times. Yeah, it's true. And with, the more you know, the more you think something might be up, right? But with Mike, we'll see. We'll see how he he undergoes the process. Like I said, I bet he's looking forward to seeing what's out there. But I I would guess, yeah, it's a pretty good sign the Jazz are confident about their position that they're they're freeing up some dough and and, and openly talking about how he's going to be their priority. So I mean, I guess not openly, yeah. but as openly as they can be. Just don't let what happened to the Mavericks with DeAndre Jordan happen to you. Uh, the oh, the whole Clipper kidnap or another thing? team kidnaps him. Yeah. Is that one of the more bizarre free agency stories of all time? Or Cubans riding, driving the streets of Dallas calling out DeAndre's name? Which was the dumbest thing that's ever been reported. I have no idea who was reporting that. But Mark Cuban himself, had didn't he tweet a response like, yeah, I think I know where DeAndre Jordan lives. It actually got our guy Tim McMahon banned from covering that Mavericks what, Was it Tim McMahon who was reporting you that? Remember that whole drama where yeah. he then pulled his credential and... Uh, well, it was kind of a foolish report. I mean, it was true that he was driving around no, town not that. looking for DeAndre. I, think Jordan. I made that up. No, that no, that was a thing. Oh, that that wasn't from Tim though. Tim okay. didn't say All he was right. driving That's around looking for No, no, no. There were there was reports out there that uh, Mark Cuban was mindlessly <laughs> wandering the streets of. Uh, I thought it was just a funny thing. I didn't think it was a real report. No, no, no. It was it looking was like for a his thing. lost puppy. No, Mark Cuban had to respond like, "Okay, I think." <laughs> I you know I I send the man his paycheck. I think I know where he lives. I'm not I'm not you know wandering the streets yelling at DeAndre. Oh, DeAndre, wish, we need you. I wish it were true though. Have what you is, seen DeAndre Jordan? Have you seen DeAndre anybody, Jordan? Anybody? Anybody? He's pretty tall. You probably didn't miss it. You probably couldn't miss him. Tall guy. Pretty famous. You know NBA All Star. Do he live around here? Anybody? Anybody? All right. Well. I, I'm on Shark Tank. Just you can tell me. <laughs> you can tell me where he lives. Just don't let uh, the Knicks kidnap Mike Conley. That's all. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Stay tuned. More Big Show Market Update coming up next. Andy Larson at 4, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network.
It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Andy Larson's going to join the show next, top of the 4 o'clock hour from the Salt Lake Tribune. Justin Zanuck, general manager of the Jazz, will be on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But right now it's time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. All right, Austin, the uh, Dow Jones down today, 149 points. Oof. Oof. S&P 500 down 23, almost 24 points. Holy smokes, that's terrible. The NASDAQ down 105 and a half points. Oh, come on. All great drops today. Terrific work on the drops today, Austin. That, that oof one, you know how we talk about drops that go through our mind in real life? Yes. And it yes. happens to me, oh man, I've had a rough morning. I, I think that like five times a day. Yeah. But, uh, but Like that? Like that, yeah. Oof is one of them, too. Two. Oof. Two. Oof is one of them, too. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I, honestly, when I'm golfing, I think that a few times per <laughs> round. Like every time I hit a bad shot, it's just... Oof. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to keep track of all these shots? As my ball is careening into the other fairway. <laughs> Oof. Four! Oof. <laughs> Great drops today, Austin. By the way, uh, we were talking about movies during the break. Uh, movie Zone tonight. We had to uh, reschedule it due to the draft. Seven o'clock uh, is going to be the start time. Have, have I asked you this week what, what's the poll question? We talked about briefly yesterday with Tim. Uh, the the Jungle Cruise is coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, boat movies. Good boat movies. Good bad. and bad boat movies. Yeah. I, I had an easier time coming up with good mo- boat movies than bad boat movies. What was that uh, Cabin Fever with Chris Elliott? That was a pretty bad I've boat I've never movie. seen that. Oh, don't. Don't. Chris Elliott doesn't have a lot of good stuff. No, he's he is a good bit. He's good on Poop's Creek. He is, and he's really funny. And it's something about Mary. Yeah, like he's he's good for the bit weirdo guy. I didn't like him in those scary spoof movie. That what the what was I only it? saw scary the, movie. Yeah. I only saw the first one of those, and then ah. I thought, you know what? But I'm I'm not into the horror genre as you aren't. You know, like I love those spoof movies when it's a genre that I can ad- admire the parody. You know. But you don't care. Like for all them. those, you remember, what was the spoof called where it was a, a parody of the 90s teenage drama movies? Like Can't Hardly Wait, but it was the parody. Oh, not, oh, God. Yeah, not what, another what, teen movie. Yeah, what, yeah not it, yeah. another teen movie. That was funny. All right, so uh, good boat movies and bad boat movies, and there's no way The Jungle Cruise ends up being good. Have you seen I it? I think you're wrong. Have you seen it? No, no, I, but I think it's going to be probably like a C plus, B minus. I'm not kidding. I think I, I think <laughs> as you're walking out of the movie theater, it's going to be. Oof. <laughs> that's that's. You know, I wonder not to uh, you know program your show or anything, Austin, but I wonder if you could come up with like drop reviews for movies that you've seen. What do we like, think this like, one will be? What drop sums up your feeling on the movie the best? Will it be every day is daffodils and uh, sweet pickles? Right. Or or will it be? Oh come on! Yeah. Will it be? Yeah, boing. Or come on now, I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, I think I think we could be onto something. Let's let's crunch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm going. Will it be? It's adorable. Or could it possibly be fun? Or will it be? 
That's Jungle Cruise. It won't. Come on. That's what I'm thinking for Jungle well, Cruise. Well, Stillwater is also coming out this weekend. Which Matt is, Damon. Okay. What's the, the premise? They they ripped off the Amanda Knox story. Okay. You remember that whole ridiculous thing where her she was an exchange student in Italy and her roommate was murdered and she was convicted oh, twice by the Italian yeah. courts. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's So this that's guy, he played Matt Damon plays a dad trying to get his daughter out of prison after she's wrongfully convicted. So light, lighthearted. It's affair. a family affair. Yeah, yeah. there's probably some music in there too. Family movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice soundtrack. Yeah, indeed. I mean, sounds interesting. Don't get me wrong, but not one of those. Hey, let's 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 have a no-brainer for a little movie night, right? Some we can just veg not out a to. popcorn not, movie. Not yeah. the thing. No, oh, I love that term, by the way. Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune he covers the jazz. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I think the Pac-12 needs to look at this as a golden opportunity to really not necessarily reinvent itself, but to come in with a position of power and say, look, we're going to make this thing bigger. We're going to make this thing better. We're going to reach into the Midwest and we're going to expand. I firmly believe that the Pac-12 needs to position itself and be proactive in terms of we're going to get bigger, we're going to get stronger, and we are going to eliminate the Big 12. Add four teams out of the Big 12 right now. Look, everybody is out for their financial best interest. Forget about rivalries. Forget about loyalty. That's all out the window. Everybody is out for themselves. Everybody's in survival mode. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey, guys. Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. These folks are Amazing. They're locally owned and operated. Passionate Utah Jazz fans, passionate members of the community, and not to mention Utah's premier window and door retailer since 1993. They combine beauty and technology, and they do custom work. If you can dream it, they can do it. And listen, you're going to love the way that they do business. They're old school. They absolutely believe in getting you what you want and uh, taking care of you along the way. Customer service is the name of the game. So here's the deal. They're a turnkey window and door company, all right? They they don't do the subcontractor thing. So that means there's no ghosting. If you call them, they will answer. They talk to people. It's what they believe in. Then they're going to install your windows and doors and uh, back them up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. So find out for yourself. They offer 0% financing. Uh, They have that available. They have free in-home estimates. So here's how you get the ball rolling. You can get online, peachbuildingproducts.com. Find out why they have over 255 star reviews on Google. Go by their showroom. It's beautiful. You can see for yourself what they're capable of. It's amazing. 2940 South, 300 West, right there in Salt Lake City. Or simply call them. Schedule one of those in-home estimates, 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255, Peach Window and Door.